CompC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 29 million cards, from baseball superstars like Aaron Judge to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man. CompC has something for every type of collector. Visit CompC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. A couple months ago, I had the opportunity to go onto Wrestling Trading Cards TV with Tony Vela had a chance to sit down with him for his show and do an interview. And one of my favorite things to do when that happens is to invite them to come on to my show where I get to interview them and tell their story as well. And so that is what we're going to do today. It's my opportunity to interview Tony, learn his background, learn his origin story, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Tony is a man after my own heart, started collecting as a kid, had a period of time where he was both collecting and on the business side of things, setting up at shows and stuff like that. He'll get into that story as we have our conversation today. But I, I love that combination of hobby side of the business and the business side of the business smashed together. And that's what Tony's done. Now he's got some great content that he's creating. I can't wait for you to hear his story. And we'll tell you that story right after I tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product almost seven days a week now across Facebook, YouTube, and Loop. You can also visit them at their brick-and-mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full selection of wax, single supplies, anything that you might want to get. And you can even watch some of those breaks live and in the shop. Check out what they're going to be breaking this week by visiting them at udogcollect.com. And when you do, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. Today, I want to welcome Tony Vela to the show. As you know, I, I broadcasted the episode that he recorded with me for his show a couple weeks ago. Now I wanted to have him on, on our show here so that we could hear more about his origin story in the hobby. He's been around a long time, a couple different iterations on a couple different shows, but now we get to hear from Tony about how he got started in the hobby. So Tony, welcome. Thank you, Mike. How are you today? I am doing well. I am doing well. Wrapping up uh, the start of a week here, we're going to be able to talk about some some cards and the hobby that we love. So it's it's always a good day when I get to interview somebody for the show. I, I you know me. I, I love talking about this hobby of wrestling cards. So I'm, I'm just uh, happy and honored to be on your show, man. What I always like to get some of these conversations started with is just to hear a little bit about your origin story, kind of that that comic book way, the origin of how things got started. <laughs> and so I know you you enjoy wrestling cards, and I know you enjoy non-sports as well. So I, I thought that was a, a fitting description. So let's start there. Just what is your origin story in the hobby? Well, as most kids, you know, I think I started out collecting sports cards. I was a big baseball card fan, you know, very early on. I've told the story before where... I used to sit back and watch uh, uh, baseball games, you know, being a Southern California boy, you know, I had the Dodgers and the Angels. So 
sit back and I remember distinctly, uh, you know, watching Angels play the uh, the Yankees and pulling out my shoebox where I had cut up construction paper for the A's, the B's, the C's, the D's, and put all my teams. I didn't put things in numerical order. I put things by teams. Um, and then I go like, oh, Thurman Munson's coming up to bat. I have his card. And I go, oh, he had 23 home runs last year or whatever. And just kind of following it that way and using cards as like an index to get to, you know, better understand uh, who the players were. And um, it just kind of went from there for me and then uh, got into wrestling cards, which has become my forte for the better part of 30 plus years now. Um, and just uh, working at a uh, liquor store. Uh, that also was a deli, and um, the manager of the store was a sports card collector. So we had stuff in the gum section and candy section where we had boxes and packs of baseball cards. And he uh, started ordering GPK, and then with the GPK stuff, also wrestling, 85 tops. And we'd have a sell sheet where on one side would be a GPK ad, and the other side would be a 85 tops ad. And he brought in wrestling, and me being a wrestling fan, even at the time, and growing up as a wrestling fan, uh, I remember, oh my God, you know, it's, it's Hulk Hogan's like that. I, he's like the champion right now and all this thing. And uh, going to see Andre the Giant when I was a kid with my grandparents wrestle and Freddie Blassie and things like that. So I was immediately drawn into that, which is what wrestling cards always does for people, I think, is the nostalgia aspect. And um, been a pretty much an avid collector ever since. Some days, some years more serious than others, but always into uh you know into wrestling cards and that's really where it started for me how did that evolution progress from you said you know you were you were mainly sports focused at the beginning and then in the mid 80s there you started to pivot into into wrestling how did that progression advance i guess you know did you continue to collect sports along with the wrestling you've mentioned in the past that you had a focus on non-sports as well yep. for a long time how did that evolution go from being purely sports focused into those other interests? Um, it took a while because baseball was always my thing for when it came to cards. So, you know, I was there for the 80 stuff and all the tops and, and other companies at the time. But uh, then when Upper Deck came out in 89, you know, they were I, I grew up in Yerba Linda, California. <clears throat> That's where the origins of Upper Deck started was in Yerba Linda, California their um their production where they uh everything happened uh palletizing everything it was all in one location at the end of this one road that i knew very well uh that was uh nestled in front of a, a train tracks and i used to go and raid their trash bins <laughs> there was a time when i would go in there and i'd raid their trash bins uh and i'd find these uncut sheets in the trash bins that were all off-centered and then more and more centered and then more and more centered and, and so i have like uncut sheets that i took out of the trash bins that are you know, were thrown away. You'd find long strips of packs for empty, 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 empty cards in it. Empty, 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 empty cards in it. And I would just, I'd take all that stuff. And that and that place was kind of like Fort Knox. It was kind of fun and adventurous and probably stupid. Uh, but, you know, I always continued to keep uh, in, in baseball probably until the mid-90s, 94, 95 time, probably in that time frame where I started focusing more on non-sports and, and wrestling. And I just, at that time for me, 
it became a pricing for me, life situation, circumstances let me like, I still wanted to collect, but I can't collect baseball anymore because it's becoming too expensive, but non-sports seems to be a little more affordable and uh, wrestling wasn't coming out very often. So I didn't have a whole lot to collect, um, you know, 87 tops, 85 tops, 91 classics, uh, stuff like that. Um, but I got more into non-sport stuff and non-sport for me going into the late nineties was primarily like Buffy and Angel, Playboy, and um, Star Wars. I was a big Star Wars fan. So um, I probably started getting those in, after Jedi came out. <laughs> uh, just here and there. Wasn't really serious about it until I got into the non-sport stuff going, I really love those movies. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Why am I not collecting these cards? And they were, that was dump product. So all that stuff was dump. You'd find boxes with the big old black mark across it. I can get it for five, seven dollars a box if I wanted to. And um, it was just fun to open. And um, but my love has always been with the wrestling stuff. I've always identified with wrestling more than anything else uh, from a collectible standpoint, whether it be the trading cards. I wasn't huge in figures, although I had a small little phase in getting into figures. I have ring worn gear stuff just but cards has always been where it's at for me. When it's not uncommon for interest to ebb and flow, you know, in our collecting journeys, one of the things I always am interested in though, is when those interests shift a little bit, what did you do with those other cards, right? So when you, you were baseball and sports for a long time, shifted into entertainment, non-sports and wrestling, what did you do with the baseball cards at that point? Did you keep them or did you get rid of those to be able to reallocate maybe some of those funds to the, the current interests? Young and dumb, for one thing. Uh, I don't have any of those baseball cards that I used to have. Um, at the time when I started getting out of it and was phasing myself out, I was collecting with another friend. We both decided we were going to collect together. Um, together, we can both chip in to buy a box. Together, we can both uh, chip in to buy a complete factory set. Together, we can go in and buy that Daryl Strawberry rookie card, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, so he became the place where we kept all our stuff. And in a sad story, it's just ended up in his house and I never saw him again. <laughs> and I basically started from scratch with what I had. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of stuff left. It was mostly at his place. All my good stuff, if you want to call it good stuff, was at his place, you know. And um, so I just started from scratch with my with, with wrestling and I just kept it for myself. And, you know, wrestling and again, the Playboy and the Star Wars and, and, and Buffy, when Buffy became popular in the late 90s. So, um, and then that's where I started getting into the um, the wonderful World Wide Web. <laughs> how, how about... Currently, you know, now your your focus is almost entirely on wrestling. Did you keep those entertainment cards? I have a lot of it still. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I still have a lot of um, Star Wars. Not so much. I did sell a lot of that stuff. But when I got even more and more into the non-sport world and when I'm talking about non-sport stuff, I'm talking everything from wacky packages and, and GPK because that's, you know, again, a nostalgia thing from back in the time and uh, obviously Buffy and, and I was I really got into a lot of the Playboy stuff, even through all the different manufacturers that took over that license. Um, I even got into like I started buying Xena and uh, Lord of the Rings when that became a thing that was really popular, like 
typically non-sports stuff, movies didn't really translate well into trading cards as far as sales went. TV shows did. Buffy was popular. Xena was popular. Anything from that late 90s time, especially with Inkworks related, those were all popular. And then Rittenhouse came around and made you know Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and they had the Star Trek licenses were always very popular things. Uh, but I was getting into like, you know, even Roswell and, you know, everything that was, you know, Scorpion King, things like that. Um, and those all kind of tanked really. But Lord of the Rings really got me back into the investing side. That's where I really got back into like collecting to flip. You've talked about in the past that, you know, you're not just a 100 percent buy and hold collector you've been involved on the business side of the hobby as well and i love to talk about combining both the hobby and business sides of collecting in the show talk to me a little bit about how you moved into that world of of buying and selling and some of the business related activities that you endeavored in over the years in the late 90s early 2000s maybe late 90s i Decided at that time, as a Southern California guy, we had a great card show out there, or a collectible show called the Frankenstein Collectible Show in the city of industry. Still there to this day. Um, there's, there's really nothing like it in the country. It's every Wednesday and every Saturday. You know, you get a booth there. And I, I eventually got a booth, and I started selling exclusively wrestling cards there. And I started buying them by the case. And what I started doing was, is I still collected but I was also selling and I was going and buying cases, ripping boxes, pulling out what I wanted for myself and then turning around everything else and put in my display case to sell to help offset my costs. Um, sometimes it didn't work out so well. Sometimes it did. And where it did mostly for me was I had other collectors who wanted to buy boxes and in some cases even wanted to get a case. So I would order multiple cases. One, I would charge them a markup so that would help offset my cost for my case, even before I even opened it. And then, uh, you know, uh, and then two, it would uh, just uh, allow me a discounted break because the manufacturer, when I had relationships with, whether it had been FLIR or Comic Images or whatever at the time, I, um, I had relationships with them. Even though I didn't have a brick and mortar, I had a flea market 10 by 10 booth, I still developed relationships with these people and they would sell to me on the side. Like, we'll give you these not quite David Adam type pricing, but we'll give you something good. And I would buy cases. And so I get them at a lower price, still sell it to the customer at the normal going rate. And it just helped me further my collection more. So I learned early, early on um, on how to kind of sell what I needed to sell to help fuel my personal collection. So it wasn't really coming out of my money through Friday job money. How, how long were you setting up at that show? Uh, Six, seven years, I think, six or seven years. I moved out of there in 2000, late 2006, early 2007. Okay. So I was I was there for a while. You were also the man behind WrestlingTradingCards.com, probably the premier place online to go and get wrestling card checklists, right? Tell me about what was the, the impetus behind that? What inspired you to start the website? Prior to being WTC, uh, it was known as ComCollect. And ComCollect focused on the things that I was heavily collecting at the time. Wrestling, Playboy, Buffy, Star Wars. I, if you go use the Wayback Machine uh, online, go use Wayback, and uh, go look for ComCollect, all one word, you'll see an early version of it where it was just this red, very GeoCities Angel Fire layout design. That's what I was using. I was using GeoCities. Yep. 
And I was teaching myself HTML at the time. I didn't know it. So I was teaching myself HTML, learning the do's and don'ts, copying code, learning to manipulate and having this flow of like information on the hobby uh, of those things. And each one eventually had a four card spread that I used a program called Firecracker at the time that lets you click on that card and that card would take you to that section of the website. So if you want to do stuff about Star Wars, go right to Star Wars. There's a list of all the information, the latest news. And over here is a list of all the different sets that were available, that ever got created for Star Wars at the time. And um, I did that with wrestling and it became a lot of work for me as a one person operation. Um, I burned myself out on two ends on that one. One was just doing the personal thing, which was the com collect stuff of the four card spread. And then two, I got the bright idea at the time that I was going to be the only one on the planet because no one did. No one had an online price guide for non-sport cards. And I thought, I'm so heavily involved in non-sport stuff, working with Julio's Collectibles out of California and stuff like that. I said, I, just gonna, I can create this. So I had to teach someone about the hobby and build me a database that could identify, you know, Chrome from refractors, refractors from etch, etch cards. I mean, all these different types of chase. And I went in it very heavy. I went into it way more than I should have. And at the time I had just gotten laid off from AOL in 2001. And uh, they paid me pretty well to the point where to this day, I still haven't worked for anybody else. Um, and I spent every waking moment building this database of non-sport stuff and after six, seven, eight months of doing it, I wasn't very far into it at all. <laughs> like I was mm -hmm. like, and I decided at that point that I was just going to really just focus on wrestling cards. The thing that I was truly passionate about, the thing that I, I knew that I had a, a lot more knowledge about than any other sector of the hobby, which was wrestling cards. So I just ditched everything that became non-sport as far as uh, for online co content. And uh, in late, uh, early 2002, I tried to purchase the name WTC.com, but we had just come off of this uh, national tragedy called 9-11, and um, uh, they were not allowing any domain names we purchased that had the letters WTC for World Trade Center. Right. So I ended up having to purchase the full name of WrestlingTradingCards.com, and I'm very glad that I did. <laughs> um, and it just kind of grew from there, uh, from just archiving things that I already had from my personal collection. That's became the foundation of WTC was my personal collection. Just knowing what I had, identifying what I had and keeping an online version of what my collection was. And then maybe someone else could learn something from it. Maybe, I don't know. So that makes this what the 20th anniversary of yeah. wrestlingtradingcards.com. In December, uh, December 2nd is the official date of when WTC was first launched. Very cool. And are you still a one-man operation, or do you have help now in cataloging and getting oh. photos and all of that type of stuff for these I cars? definitely have a great team of people. I mean, uh, you know, even to go back to, I am the founder and owner of WTC, but shortly after it started, uh, my, my, my longtime best friend, David Porto, uh, was also a is also a collector of wrestling, period, and uh, he was um, uh, the one of the main. He's the only other guy that was out there getting information. So we were constantly 
phone calls and emails back and forth to each other like you know i just found this really unique card set from germany or this cool card set from like japan like oh my god it's a whole market over there how are we going to get all this information and we just started archiving it together and then he ran with it for a long time like he did all the back end stuff i taught him how to to do stuff and he did it uh now you come to present day uh you know he's got a family and he takes care of things and he's still a co-owner of the site um but you got to have chuckster I mean, uh, Chuckster is our main guy. He's a lead arch archivist for the stuff. Um, and without him, we wouldn't be where we're at today. We just wouldn't be without him and, and Paul and Un from the Wrestling Card Price Guide and, and Armand, who is on, you know, Wrestling Trading Cards on Twitter, the mystery man. Uh, these guys have all been very, uh, they're, they're very much part of the team. And without those guys, WTC wouldn't be where it's at today. And to be quite frank with you, I, I, I never even thought that WTC would still be around today. It's an amazing resource. I know I've used it several times as I'm trying to research a certain product or I'm trying to identify what sets a, a certain wrestler might be in. It's a fantastic resource. So if anybody out there has not bookmarked WrestlingTradingCards.com yet, you need to if you want a go-to source for, for wrestling card checklists and, and content. But speaking of content, you and I were first introduced through Zan Morning and yep. the the show that you do with him. And, you know, there's a couple different shows that you do with Zan. You have WTC TV on YouTube, at the YouTube show um, that, that you put on. And then um, yeah, that one's mine. We both have our own separate ones. You right. Know, he has his wrestling with cards and I have uh, WTC TV. Yep. It's through those two YouTube channels that we actually met. Okay. <laughs> And so what, what inspired you to start creating content like video content? Um, Again, like it's, everything it's one else, thing man. to have that passionate collecting base. It's another thing to put some information out there as a, right. as a resource. And then it's a whole nother thing to start creating content around that and, and put yourself out there on video, especially. So what inspired you to, to start to create that video content? Um, happenstance just pure luck coincidence whatever you want to call it uh obviously it 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 rose from the ashes of the pandemic you know uh well, I was in the middle of the pandemic uh just i talked to david at one point um and had been talking with chuckster about some things and you know just kind of communicating and thought you know the site had been dormant for almost seven years and uh, it still had information from 2014 backwards, but nothing new all these years. And that's for a lot of personal reasons of why it sat like that. And then um, I just had an idea, like I came across Zan's channel and thought, this is so cool. Someone's doing content about wrestling cards, how cool. And I thought, man, maybe I should try to do something like that. Let's see if there's any interest in maybe, do people really care about WTC anymore? Do they ever still use it? Um, so there was that aspect of it, but also, and I knew nothing about how to do any of this. So I just, I had no idea. Um, and then I just uh, also wanted to get over the fear of being in front of a camera. I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy, always have been. And then also to help me with my speech. I'm a very fast talker. I will sometimes stumble a lot. And I wanted to make sure that I could maybe help out a little bit with uh, that. So those are the personal things, but David and I got on just the two of us in our busy schedules and decided to sit there and just uh, shoot the breeze, talk about wrestling cards, about WTC, its history a little bit, maybe what, what it used to be, what maybe do people care? 
and all of a sudden, floodgates. Are you bringing it back? Is mm-hmm. WTC coming back? This would be so cool. It would be a great, great time. I mean, it's, the, the market's crazy right now. And uh, little did we know, we lit a fire in our ass, and there we are. <laughs> Here we are. You know, it took about six, seven months uh, teaching myself WordPress, uh, transferring the site over from an old domain host to a new one, getting people on board like like Chuckster and Paul and Ramon and others to come on and, and help because uh, I, I can't do it by myself. There's no way I can't do it by myself. And uh, here we are a year plus later with um, over a thousand posts and um, new card sets to discover almost on a daily basis, new images to add, new information to add. It was fun kind of rebuilding the site too because you go back and find old checklists and go, why does it say this? You know, that that 1989 is not a classic set. That's actually, it's not manufactured by classic, it's manufactured by a different company. And I never knew that. So like 30 years later, learning new things. And it's just been, um, I over this time I still collect. And as I've talked to you before, you know, and as people know, I, I player collect certain people now, Loomis and, and Angles like that. And I still do that, which is fun. But my main hobby right now is gathering information on wrestling cards. I love it. Yeah, the, it's been so fun to to learn from you guys, both from your site and from the, the content that you're creating. It, it's been a ton of fun. If you had to name a favorite wrestling set of all time, what for would me? that set be? Yeah, for you. Not necessarily the most expensive, not necessarily. I know, the, you know. Most guys, their go-to is always the all-star set. And there's, I mean, we, we all can be in agreement. That's like, you know, that's our 52 tops right there. That's our 86 Fleer. Um but uh, from a personal standpoint, I mean, you also never forget your first time. So 85 tops will always sit there for me. But I, I think in a neck and neck for me, 98 comic images is where I really started to get heavy, 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 heavy into collecting. If it was a cardboard version of a wrestler, I had to have it. And um, comic images is what really sparked uh my my need to go out and collect on a exclusively almost at at some points in times just wrestling like that i i sorry i'm not getting the new buffy set because my money is tied up over here and buying the new smackdown set from you know comic images it's just yeah comic images probably that's that's cool yeah that's that's a new era right it's kind of signifies that newer era of collecting it was past the junk wax era into this um, not quite the modern era that we see today, but definitely kind of a, a hybrid era of, of the hobby for, for wrestling cards for sure. So I can definitely see that. And there's definitely some iconic cards that have come from that set um, as we look back today. It's a, it's a it's a nostalgic piece for me, too, as a wrestling fan, where it takes you back during the height of wrestling, during that Attitude Era um, of just, you know, Monday nights became like, you know, do I watch Nitro or do I watch Raw? You know, getting two pay-per-views a month, like running me 60 bucks a month just in expenses for that. And, um, it was just all that having friends over, watching wrestling together is so much fun. Kind of an underlying theme throughout our conversation today has been about passion and taking action on things that bring out the passion that you're feeling any words of wisdom for listeners out there who who have a passion for a certain segment of the hobby but don't fully know 
how to approach that or how to maybe fully realize that passion when it comes to the hobby? I think when it comes to wrestling specifically, because all I can really speak about is the wrestling side of it, is wrestling's always got this negative, you know, look on it, like, oh, you're a wrestling fan. And, you know, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, that kind of changed when wrestling was taking over everything. It was on covers of TV guides and it was on covers of magazines and it was being integrated in other tele- television shows and stuff. Um, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Wrestling is still very popular. But if you're passionate about anything, cards or whatever, you know, I think you should go with it. Live within your means. Work with a budget. But, you know, go after it and just uh, have fun with it. Like... I never thought WTC would be where it is today and even brought back to where it is. But, you know, that passion to gather information and put it out there for people just drove me to go do it. Either I go do it and people don't care, but at least I tried to do it. But I'll never know unless I tried to do it. And if you're into wrestling and or whatever it is you're into and there's something collectible about it that makes you feel good. I am very much about that on social media right now and you'll see it more and more is I'm very much about preaching positivity now and having fun within the hobby. Um, and I, I think it's important that you uh, you collect what you love and you just kind of uh, ignore people who want to be critical of what is it you're trying to buy. They don't they don't control your wallet. They don't control your passion. You go out and collect what you what makes you happy. At the end of the day, it's what makes you happy. You mentioned the the general vibe and the feel and the message that you try to get out on social media. So why don't you take a second and tell people where they can find you if they want to follow along with what you've got going on or or connect with you with any questions and things like that. Um, I always direct everybody to the website because I'm a uh, I'm a believer that your website is the hub of everything, long, even more than social media. I mean, um, the website is what has value, whether, um, you know, well, yeah, it just has value. So I always just tell everybody to go to WrestlingTradingCards.com because the, uh, the bottom of every single page of the website is a link to every social media platform that we are on. So as it changes and we add new things or take things off, it'll be removed or added. So I guess all the kids these days are using TikTok. So I guess I'll be adding that soon. (laughs) There you go. I I love TikTok, both, both from an entertainment perspective and creating card content on there. It's, it's I got to talk to you then about that and on, on, on how to maneuver that. Cause I I think that's the place I got to go to next, both for, for WTC and for my own store that I'm opening up here soon. So I got to get on that. Very good. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on and spending a few minutes today, Tony, telling your story, uh, both in in the hobby as a collector, but also as a content creator. So thanks again for your time today. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Like the athletes we admire, the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. 
Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave Game Room is the perfect place to throw a rip party. Bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sports card shop or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products, and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports, and the hobby around the world. Like I mentioned in the conversation, if you have not gone to WrestlingTradingCards.com and bookmarked it as your resource for all things wrestling cards, then you're missing out. It's a great place to research about new sets. It's a great place to research about old sets, obscure sets, food issues, whatever it is about wrestling cards. WrestlingTradingCards.com is the place that you want to go. So check it out. And then let me know what you think about this interview with Tony. Let me know about that passion that you've got for wrestling cards or whatever your passion might be. Reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. Reach out on TikTok or Instagram at WaxPackHero and let me know what in the hobby you are passionate about right now. I would love to hear it. Well, that is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.